quite often on a Friday, um, we will hear people say or we will see people text or send a message that says TGIF. Uh, thank God it's Friday. And I want to talk about that today, except I'm, I'm going to propose um, a little different acronym. I'm going to propose TGIS. Why do we look forward to Friday and um, kind of wait eagerly for it to get there? Is it, is it just because we're, we're kind of tired, kind of bored, and we can't wait for the weekend? Or is there, is there something about Friday that is, is the end of the week? And, and maybe we're able to look back over the five days of the week or whatever and kind of celebrate what we've done. Maybe we have accomplished something. Maybe we have finished something. And so saying TGIF is not, you know, just kind of a, a, a desperate throwing our arms up and saying, I'm so exhausted. But maybe it's a way that we can express the celebration of the week that we have just lived. Um, I, I want to talk today about Sabbath. And the TGIS is to uh, substitute the word Sabbath from the word Friday. And I want to talk about Sabbath longings. How does, how does Sabbath in, in the Bible fit into this notion that we have longings in, in our human hearts and souls. Annabeth and I were a, a few times to Israel, and there's a, a very curious thing happens there from uh, sun sundown on Friday all the way till sundown on Saturday, uh, because that is the day called Shabbat. So if, if you see someone on the street, the appropriate greeting is Shabbat Shalom, as opposed to a simple shalom. So you're wishing someone well, but you're wishing someone a Sabbath well, Shabbat shalom. In the economy of, of Israel, the rabbis are in charge of tourism. And, and so they govern fairly closely what you're able to do and not able to do. And Sabbath is something that they are fastidious about keeping. One of the most curious things is that if you're in a hotel on Shabbat and you get into an elevator, you don't need to press the floor that you would like to stop on because the elevator will stop at every floor. In fact, you're not supposed to press a floor because that would be work. And so on Shabbat, the rabbis are forbidding any kind of work which has to do with, with cooking and traveling and all the rest, even to the point of making sure that you don't work by pressing the floor on, on the elevator. When you get into your room, the lights will be on Shabbat timers so that you don't have to work um, by turning on or off the lights, thus expending energy, thus being involved in work. Well, what is Sabbath? Uh, Shabbat is a beautiful biblical principle, and I, I really want to talk today about the longing of Shabbat, the, the longing of the human being that has to do with um, working, with resting, um, with being more than a, a working being or a machine or whatever it is, it's, it's 
to talk about our humanness and how a Shabbat longing um, fits very well into our humanness. So I want to talk about the uh, the longing that we have through Shabbat um, f- for basically for for the two things that are at play in in this consideration, which are the phenomenon of work and the phenomenon of rest. How how do they play against each other within the longing of Shabbat, within the biblical understanding of Shabbat? And in what way do these long forward or cause us to long forward into the future? So we get to the end of the week and we say, oh, I'm glad that week is over. Thank God it's Friday, the weekend's coming. I can crash, I can relax, or I can look back over the week and say it was a good week. I accomplished some things um, that were that were very good. Is work a good thing or a bad thing? That's kind of the the fundamental question that that then brings Shabbat to to the forefront. And work, as we see it in the Bible, is not first of all a bad thing. It's it's not a necessary evil. Work. I think, is part of the created identity of the human being, that we do well when we have work to do. Now, we do particularly well when we have meaningful, joyful work. We don't do so well when the work that we are involved in is the work of thorns and thistles. So here's where everything went south. Uh, When humankind sinned, Uh, the result of that sin was a judgment that was passed on both the man and the woman. Uh, For the woman, it was going to be childbirth, um, the pain in childbirth. But for the man, it was going to be what used to be um, meaningful, joyful work being now arduous. It would be by the sweat of his brow that he would be able to to make the, the earth yield its crops and that there would be thorns and thistles all along the way. So, so as we consider the phenomenon of work these days and as we figure out how uh, Shabbat and, and rest and the weekend and all that fit into it and into our lives, we are able to, to now kind of sort and say, well, there are maybe two general categories of work. There is the thorns and thistles kind of work, and there is the meaningful, joyful kind of work. And, and I'm sure there's kind of a mix and match in, in many of our experiences. But as we think about our work, uh, is that work, first of all, characterized by thorns and thistles, or is it the kind of work that we would call meaningful and joyful. And will we work in the new heaven and the new earth? Well, presumably the work that we will have, if it is part of our human makeup, um, if it is part of the fact that we are created in, in the image of God, certainly the work that will be ours rid of sin would be joyful, meaningful work that has to do with creativity, imagination, being like God and enjoying being able to do things, to work together, um, to make things, to design things, to develop things. 
So, so certainly the work that will be to do with the new heavens and earth will be meaningful and joyful work. It'll, it'll be the kind of work that we might uh, today experience when, when we're cooking and we love to cook and generally it's going well and we're enjoying the, the addition of spices and new tastes and we're enjoying the smell, we're enjoying the end product and, and we, we might say, well, you know what, I have a joy in cooking. Um, I have a joy in, in music. I have a joy in making music. One of the things that I have tried to do without great success is to teach children and grandchildren to play the piano. I don't have the patience for it, but it's the right thing to do. So with Michaela, my granddaughter, I taught her piano lessons. And she has done quite well and has said, thank you very much, I don't want to do any more grams. I swim now and things like that. Um, but she still practices piano sometimes. So she called me down to the basement one day a few weeks ago and said, I want you to hear my piano piece because I've just I've finished a piece that that's in the book. So she sat down at the piano and she played presumably the piece that was written in, written in the book. So um, at the end of it, she said, what do you think? I said, it was, it was really pretty, but it wasn't the same as the music in the book. And she said, I know, but wasn't my version a lot nicer? And I thought, oh, my goodness. Well, what do you say to that? No, you should play it as it's in the book, or do we you know, celebrate a version that's a little, a little developed? Well, in, in that moment, though, there was the, just the beauty of creating something and, and saying this was me, this is what I did, not just what was written in the book, but I added some things to it. I made it different. And so that's, that's meaningful. That's, that's joyful kind of work. As we exist in this world with its fallenness, there is the work of thorns and thistles. Some of my sons are police officers. The, the work of policing is thorns and thistles for the most part. Um, if if sin was not here, the necessity for policing would be would be tremendously reduced. Uh, they would simply have a a function in society to to help things move more smoothly than have to try to correct and stop and and all of the other things. So was work good or bad? Well, yes, is the simple answer. It is good because it is part of our humanness um, to be able to work. It is also part of our Christian responsibility because the Bible tells us if a man won't work, he shouldn't eat. The book of Proverbs is full of uh, uh, wise sayings about how how good it is to be industrious, how good it is to to be careful and diligent and how how bad it is to be lazy or to be indolent. And, and so we find in Scripture that, that work, while it is a problem with the impact of sinfulness into the work, uh, work is something that has, given, has been given to us by God himself. A Shabbat longing for work, um, I think, is placed in our hearts by the Creator. And as we go a, a little farther from, from that and, and try to find the other, the partner to these, these pieces of Shabbat longing 
it's it's the provision of rest so work and rest are part of our createdness so god our creator works and then he rests and in fact the whole theology of of shabbat of sabbath um, is founded on the fact that that for six days god worked and on the seventh day he rested and so because of that uh, god tells the created beings that, that they're to do the same thing and the law is passed that says if God, your creator, worked for six days and then rested, so must you rest on the seventh day. What is it that the longing for Sabbath um, elicits in us or provides to us? It is that, I think, opportunity to, to, to look back over the week and to see when the work was joyful and and meaningful, that it was done well. So we, we get that from God because day by day when we're given the account of creation, we see what it is that God did on that day. And, and that, then God looks at it and he saw that it was good and he said that it was good. So in, in, a, in a perfect world, in, in a redeemed world and in a new creation world, uh, presumably a, a big part of, of Shabbat, of Sabbath, is the opportunity to, to take a breath, to sit down and to look back over what we have done and to say it, it was good. There's a theology that grows from Shabbat into the the new covenant uh, that is very very profound and and actually quite different because while we understand that that sabbath was to be the seventh day that after six days of work then the seventh day would be the rest would be the sabbath we, we find a christian principle um, that actually turns this on its head and says, rather than resting from work, we now know that we should work from rest as a, as a biblical principle. And in fact, it's, it's a very strong salvation principle that comes to us out of the understandings of Sabbath. That in the old covenant from, from creation on, we find that, that God rested from his work and actually he then has given over and on to us his work out of which um, we can simply live and we, we do better to rest in his work and then work out of that rest and I'll, I'll talk about that a little bit more as, as, as time goes on. A Shabbat longing is a longing that has to do with working and resting. Work is good, but it has become a problem. And resting is necessary, and it becomes a very lovely provision, uh, particularly when we find it um, nestled into the theology of salvation that um, we're, we're taught clearly about in the life and in the work of Jesus. So when it comes to, to Sabbath, is it something we look forward to? Is it 
do we long for the weekend and why do we long for the weekend and what is it about humanness that is able to be self-reflective is able to think about the things that we do why we do them how we do them how well we've done them these are not characteristics of the rest of the animal kingdom they are unique to humankind and the sabbath becomes um in the provision of of the decalogue uh kind of the hinge between our uh, religious lives or our spiritual lives and our secular lives or our ordinary lives our our neighbor lives uh, as the sabbath uh, provides that hinge that says you need to take time to reflect on your life you need to take time to consider the work that you're involved in how you're doing that work what kind of work it is is how complicated has the work become because of sin and how do, how do you work in the middle of a world where the work seems to be futile be, because of the the fallenness of of our world and its systems and the the breaking down of of so many things god gives us sabbath as as um, a, a provision it really is given to us as a gift not as a law so we're going to see at the end today that one day Jesus and his disciples were walking in the grain fields and they're plucking some grain. And the Pharisees come along and they say, what are you doing? Why are your disciples working on the Sabbath? And Jesus took them to task and he said, well, do you not remember? And he refers back in the Old Testament um, to a situation where David and his companions were hungry and they go into the house of God and they actually take the sacred loaves of bread that only the priests are allowed to eat and they take and eat them and, and this, is, this would be work in, in the view of the Pharisees. So Jesus schools them a little bit. He, he says, you want to take my disciples to task here is the principle um sabbath was made for man not man for the sabbath and and in in the old testament economy because sabbath was required and and it was a good thing but because it was required it it just so easily drifted into being a legal matter where there was very little joy in it it was simply what you had to do were you allowed to press the elevator buttons or not? For me, Sunday um, was was very much like that as well. Sunday was not a fun day for me by any means, um, nor was it for, for most of the friends with whom I grew up. We didn't say T-G-I-S, you know, as in Sunday or Sabbath or, or whatever. We said, oh, no, it's it's Sunday, and that is a day where you can't have any fun. My friend Willie... Um, loved soccer and as as in many families like mine uh, in the afternoon on Sunday if you didn't go to Sunday school you were at home and you you could only go to your bedroom and have a rest so we couldn't even change out of our good clothes on Sunday well Wally loved football aka soccer and he Sunday by Sunday would head off to his room for the obligatory nap and then would climb out the window 
and go play football. So one day he, you know, as per usual, had, had gone out for his hour of kicking the ball around, and he climbed back in, was settled again in his room, and his father came in and said, Wooly, were you out playing football? And Wooly didn't know what to say. He was, he was caught red-handed, but he didn't understand how. He thought nobody could have seen him. He slipped out the way he always did, came back in the way he always did. So, you know, how did his father know? And his father walked him into the bathroom, and he stood Wooly before the mirror on the wall. And there on Wooly's forehead was the beautiful imprint of a lovely header that he had shot into the corner of the goals. It was mucky in Northern Ireland most of the time. And so here he was caught. Um, Sabbath from then on became more regular and Willie did not climb out the bathroom window anymore. Well, do we look forward to the Sabbath of our lives? and? In what way is, is Sabbath this hinge between work and play? So we, we sort through the, the notion of work and fact, find that it's something that God has provided to us, something that we enjoy, something that we will do with our creativity, imagination, abilities, uh, well into the new heaven and the new earth. But what about the rest of Shabbat now? What is, what is it that... Um, we sh- we should be looking forward to and and enjoying. There's a the- there's a theology around Shabbat that that the writer to Hebrews talks about. He says there remains therefore a rest for the people of God, and and that whole theology then goes forward to say that because God has worked, we can enter into His rest. So. This is not just a matter of, you know, a workaday week and a weekend off, but it's it, it's a, a big um, drama of who works and who rests and how and when. And the Bible is in, in some ways simply the story of the work that God has done so that we can rest so that we don't have to do the work. And as human beings, we oftentimes have trouble with that. We, we feel as though, well, there must be something I'm supposed to do, something I have to do. And, and the message of grace in the Bible is, is very simply that you can't do anything. So it, it's the right order now for us to say, well, we, we actually work from rest because... Uh, we we don't work to get into the rest, God's rest for us, because Jesus has already secured that rest, and now we can live out of that rest. It's it's the ab- abiding of John chapter fifteen that we've often talked about that we, we we abide in Christ so that we can then bear fruit. We we don't work it bearing fruit so that we get into some condition of abiding or pleasing God or or whatever it is. Shabbat theology is the theology that says you can't do anything to to get God's favor. You can't do anything that will make God love you more. You can't do anything that will make God love you less. 
uh, because it's all from God. It's all of, of his grace. And so we, we rest and live our lives out of the rest provided by the work of Christ. So there are a few things that we should quit working for. Uh, and, and we should simply rest and live out of or work or behave or act out of the fact that these things are established. Uh, we have to stop working for salvation. You can't work your way to heaven. You can't do anything that's going to get you there. The popular view is that if, if I do more good things than bad things, or if I do less bad things than the guy down the street, it's all going to weigh out at the end. And and the this this question, this the Shabbat issue of of living out of the rest, um, is the commitment that says it, it's got nothing at all to do with what you have done or not done, and how much of what you've done or not done has there been. It's completely because of God's grace. There's nothing you can do. It, it is by grace through faith and so we simply accept what Christ has done and say the work has been done and now the rest is provided and being Sabbath people, being Shabbat people means that we don't have to work for our salvation. Second thing is we don't have to work for approval and how many of us actually live our lives for the approval of others and we, we say we don't and we try not to, but when it comes right down to it, we, we find ourselves kind of looking around to see who thinks what of me. Uh, how do they view how I'm living? What do they think of what I do? What do they think of what I say? And, and I can find myself trying to work for approval. And the approval that I need has been thoroughly provided by God. God approves of me. I, I didn't have to impress him to get salvation. I don't have to impress him for his approval. I, I don't have to show up and say, look what I've done, didn't I do well? Because he already thoroughly approves of me. Um, my dad, when he, when he was in, in grammar school, was a great rugby player. All, I think all of his brothers were. And I... I lived my life, strangely speaking, to, to impress my dad with rugby. Uh, I, I was on the, the 15 in my grammar school, and then we came to Canada, and I, was, I played uh, rugby over here. I was, I was the captain of the junior team while I played on the senior team in Bracebridge. And every game that we played... I found myself looking to the side to see if my dad came to see me see play rugby. I don't, I don't think he, to this day, would know how important and how much I, I longed for him to come and see me play rugby because he was, he was kind of my hero, and I assumed if I could play rugby like he did, he'd be impressed and I would have approval. I, I didn't need to do that for his approval. I, th I think I already did have his approval, but I perceived that I had to play rugby if, if I was going to get his approval to, to be like him. 
God doesn't need to give us his approval. In fact, every rugby game, God is on the sidelines just nodding and enjoying the game. Doesn't matter that that I play better or worse or whatever. Um, I'm already approved. So I can't work for my salvation. I can't work for approval from God. And, and that's from whom the approval really ought to matter. And, and so why don't I quit working? And why don't I live my life fully out of the rest that has been provided by God and his working? Let me just finally talk about a Shabbat rhythm. How how do you put Sabbath into the rhythm of your life? Um, again, we're talking about working and resting. Um, we're we're talking about um, kind of a hinge, kind of a pivot that helps us to keep them in balance, to keep them in in proper tension. Very simply, there are four R's that would make up any good Sabbath rhythm. First of all is the R of rest. Second is the R of refreshment. Third is the R of reorientation. And fourth is the R of returning. So rest is a very important part, just physical rest and emotional rest and spiritual rest, but, but rest is, is critical. In, in these days of the pandemic, I think rhythms of lives have been upset and even sleeping patterns have been upset. And it's important for us to, to stop and just wonder how are we doing physically in terms of our rest. And Sabbath, um, albeit a law in ancient Israel as well as modern Israel, at least marked a day, marked a period of time in which you were different than the rest of the week. And I think that has slipped away. And some of the old notions of Sunday from from my growing up needed to slip away. But the rhythm of, of this um, particular period of time for rest is is very important. The second is refreshment, and that would simply answer the question, what do you enjoy doing? So how is, um, how is Sabbath going to be different from a Tuesday or a Thursday? Uh, and it's not that Sabbath has to be any specific day. It can be any day because this, we weren't made for Sabbath. Sabbath was made for us, said the Lord Jesus. So the second aspect of Sabbath is refreshment. So Maybe walking in the woods is refreshing for you. Maybe reading a book is refreshing for you. Maybe playing some music is refreshing for you. Maybe time with friends, maybe meals. Whatever it is um, that kind of uniquely suits you should be plugged right into your observance of Sabbath. Make sure we rest. Make sure that we find refreshment. The third is reorientation, where we again consider the fact that we are images of God. We're created in his image. We are wherever we are to worship him, to honor him, and to live like him. And so as we go back to work, uh, maybe it has been tiring before, but, but 
the refreshment of Sabbath should bring us to the point where we say, now I remember again why I do that job. And when it is a, a thorns and thistles job, that's hard work is, is to remember what it is that you're able to do uh, that is serving God because it, it may be work that is not work that is um, highly desirable or productive or that can somehow be conceived as being creative in a, in a new way or, in, or in, a, in, a, in a godly way. There tend to be people somewhere near us when, when we're working, people we work with, people we work for, those people are all image bearers. And so the way that we treat them can often be the way that um, we are reoriented and remember that even though this is thorns and thistles kinds of work, these people are not thorns and thistles. These people have been, have been placed in my path by God and they are in his image. They have the, the, the respect uh, due to them that comes from being in, in the image of God. And then there's the R of return that basically says, okay, it's Monday or whenever the cycle starts again, it's time to go back to work. And so we do. But we live with this kind of rhythm in our lives um, that understands that work is a good thing, it's complicated, rest is a very important thing, and Shabbat is something by which we long for on a weekly basis, maybe even on a yearly basis. It is something we long for for the future because in the future, the work and rest um, rhythm will be apart from any kind of, of sin or any part, any kind of, of you know, um, clutter that comes along with the things that we have gathered with us on this human journey. And so we look forward to, to the work of the new creation. What will we do? Um, and in many ways, I think God will kind of be watching us and saying, well, I've, I have filled you with interests and, and abilities, passions and gifts and talents, Go ahead and do something. Let, let me see what you'd like to build. Or let me see what you'd like to write. Let me see what you would like to do. And then we're able to turn it around and give it to God by way of, of worship uh, out of how he has prepared us and how he has, he has blessed us. The Reformers had a lovely saying. They had it only in the one gender version, so I'm going to fill it out to two genders. But... They're saying was this, on Shabbat, every man is a king and every woman is a queen. So, so Sabbath is a lovely equalizer. It's, it's a lovely leveler of people. And so the reformers said, no matter what your station in life was, no matter what your tasks in life were, on Shabbat, on Sabbath, Everyone was a king. Everyone was a queen. And there is something about the celebration of Sabbath, however we, we bring that about, that should elevate all of us 
to say the reason we're able to even pause and reflect is that we're image bearers created by God, given work that we can do for good and for his glory. And it is good to look around to honor one another and to join hands with one another and say, you today, my friend, are a king and you today, my friend, are a queen. Because on Shabbat, that's what everyone is.